From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. It is so good to be back with you and uh, we are here. I need to present or introduce a few people that are around this table with me. First of all, I'm Scott Armstrong and to my right is AJ Fry. Hey guys. Then to his right, Emily Armstrong. Hey everyone. Across from me, Natalie Franco. Hey guys. And then to my left, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact, the entire world's population, 7.6 billion, could fit inside of Los Angeles, California, which is approximately 500 square miles. If everyone was just side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Yep. Oh. The the fact says the world's total population is more than 7.5 billion. And obviously that number sounds huge, but it might feel a little bit more manageable if every single person stood shoulder to shoulder, they could all fit within the 500 square miles. Interesting. And this is That's this crazy. is according to National Geographic. So there's your... Not funfacts.com. <laughs> Not funfacts.com anymore. We upped our Annie around there. Yes. I, total credit to Chelsea. She's bringing some serious stats. <laughs> but I like that one because we kind of work in urban ministry. So That's it's right. kind of fun. But LA is a lot bigger than I would have thought to. 500 square miles, you said, yes. not meters. Yeah. That is a large yeah, city. Yeah. yeah. When we talk about Santo Domingo, it's... A fraction of that. Yes. <laughs> it's so small it's, compared to LA. Have you ever tried wow. to drive through LA, though? So. No, I've only flown into LA and out of LA. So. <laughs> right now I'm looking at you, Natalie, and I'm thinking, like, what would it be no, no. to have 7.6 billion people shoulder to shoulder? And then I thought, Oh, it'd be like one of the public cars here. Yes. <laughs> just public transportation in, in Santo Domingo. Yes. <laughs> Specifically like the Omsad buses. <laughs> Every time I see one of the public transportation buses here, it's like, I think that it's an x-ray of a clown car. Yeah. <laughs> you can see into it. Right. An x-ray of a clown car. <laughs> but I don't know how they all fit. <laughs> You have no idea how is it like in the metro, the subway. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh my lord! And I'm tiny, so you can imagine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh. Do people yeah. put things on your head every time? What? Their shoulders, everything. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> Chelsea's tall, Natalie's short, and so this. Is I would put my elbow on your head. <laughs> it would work. Natalie has seen way too many armpits in the metro. <laughs> Nestle her right under your arm. There, just like. This went in a really different direction than I had intended. It really did. did. Well, we are going to transition from that, and we are going to talk about something that we've talked about previously, but we're going to kind of throw a different look into this. We're going to talk about being relevant, and that's a a word that some people think is is great and other people do not like. Um, They think, just be the church and you'll be relevant. Uh, But we are not necessarily seeing that in, in our churches, in our countries where we are ministering. We're seeing a lot of churches that are following Christ. They're, they're, they're worshiping together, but they are not reaching their community. They're not relevant. And so we're going to use for this episode an article from Pastor Dan Ryland, and it's just called The Relevant Church. Uh, you can find it on MesoamericaGenesis.org, and we'll put that in the show notes. But this kind of this episode harkens back to our first Genesis characteristic. Remember that we have 10 
characteristics of churches that we are planting in the ministry of Genesis, where we want to see these churches follow these traits or have these characteristics. And that characteristic is a Genesis church weekly celebrates services that are relevant to and transformational for its surroundings. So Pastor Dan Ryland gives us five ways or insights to how we can maintain relevance. Let's dive in. Uh, what one of those kind of jumps out at you as you kind of read the article? To me, the first one that jumps out to me is, uh, ironically, the first one. <laughs> one. Uh, to be relevant is simply means that it matters. That that brings to mind a phrase that I've heard several times actually in the last uh, couple months, and the phrase is, "Will anyone notice?" If you suddenly disappear, mm. I think if you like, if you look at that in regards to ministry, that's not to say like we want to create a ministry or something that people are dependent upon. So we don't want to create dependency so that the community needs us to survive. But the underlying question is that is, is are we making a difference? Like, are we doing something that actually matters? Are we impacting the community? Again, not to not to make a name for ourselves, but to make sure that we are actually making a difference because that's the that's the point of the church, right? It's not just to be another organization, another group of people like doing what we do as a group of people, but the church is supposed to take care of the community, right? Like better the community. And so I think to look at this first point. And then ask the question, are we impacting the community? Are we making a difference? If the church suddenly disappeared, would people notice? Mm -hmm. Not the church building, mind you, the people. Right? That's an amazing question because I'm imagining a community that maybe literally, but at least metaphorically, was weeping because a church left. Like mm -hmm. if a church just said, mm. you know, we're going to move and, and we're going to all of us just not meet here, not live here, because again, it's not about the building. I'm imagining communities that would be like, no, please, we need you, we love you. You have helped our kids. You have helped us when we were in crisis. When we had that disaster, the church was, was more important than the government, you know? And like the opposite of that is just irrelevance, is just like, is there a church here? Like, I don't even know. I mean, I guess there is a building, but I don't know anybody, any of the people. Yeah, and I think when you start to really think about the church as the people of the church and like, it'd be nice to think that we all live in the same community where we gather together for services, but the reality is we don't. You know, there are very few churches where they meet for services that all of them are like, hey, we're neighbors within the same kilometer, you know, from where our church building. But I was just thinking as you were talking, AJ, that once we become the church in the context that we are every day, mm -hmm. um, just last week, one of our neighbors was hit out, our back door was hit by a motorcycle that was going down the street Shoot. and um, they know that I was a nurse, right? And mm. so like the very first phone call that I got was so-and-so has been hit by a motorcycle. And I was like, well, what do you need? And they were like, well, just come out. And so like, I started looking through all of my stuff. I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna find. And and so like, I'm getting together gauze and tape and all sorts of stuff. Like, what am I gonna find? And then I walk out and you know, like the neighbor is sitting there fine and he's conscious and he's got a couple little scrapes and cuts or whatever, but I 
rugby came a part of the church that was like the go-to, you know, and there were like 14, 15 people standing around him, but I was the one they called because of my expertise yeah. and medical knowledge, you know, and so some of those things I think about the relevance of the church in our own communities, even that has, we've lived here for six years and we've built up that community relationship and they know who we are and I know who they are and, uh, and we can count on each other to be that. And so yeah. I think that's a little bit of relevance too, as the church is sometimes we only think about it like in an evangelistic sense, but even in being able to be counted on in your area that you live in, or you go to school in, or you work and um, I think is a part of being relevant as wow. well in the church. So there's a quick story that I'd like to share that this reminds me of. Um, several months ago, uh, Chelsea and I went out with the uh, east to the East District with the district superintendent to look at um, a project out there. And we went out to this, this tiny town, not very many people in this town. It's kind of run down when you first enter into it. And it was kind of built on the side of this hill. So there's a lot of steep roads. So we park and we get out of our vehicle, um, the three of us, and we walk up this road to meet the pastor of this local church. It's this steep road. The The church building, if you can call it that, was kind of to our left. Um, it wasn't much of a building. It was just kind of like um, wooden posts mm. and with a tarp for a roof, right? Mm. And so this was the project. They, they needed a, a building where they could meet in. And so that's what we were there to look at. But we were meeting the, the pastor first and we were walking up the hill. The pastor's coming down the hill towards us. And as we we just introduced ourselves to the pastor and here comes another person from the community basically running down the hill to meet us. Hmm. And he stops us all and like in the middle of our introductions. <laughs> and he says, I don't know why you're here, but whatever you're here for, this pastor needs your help. Oh, wow. You should definitely help him. He is so he is so loved by our, our community and our hmm. town. You need to help him. And then he just walked off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he said, this man is making a difference in our community. Really? Well, yeah. yeah. And, and we asked the pastor afterwards, we were like, oh, is he one of your members? And he goes, nope, can't get him to come on a Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> but that just like speaks to the testimony of yeah. this church in this neighborhood. Like mm-hmm. they are obviously making a difference. If the community, some random guy doesn't even know us, says, whatever you're here for, help this guy right. help the church, <laughs> yeah. you know? Wow. And he's not even a member of the church. Yeah, he had bought block for the church building that does, didn't exist yet. Like he had gone above and beyond. He had invested money into an organization that he did not participate in. Wow. Right. Yeah. Because of the difference that this church is making in this community. And I think that's relevant. That's relevant. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also thinking about the other one. It, it is about connection. It says relevance. It is not about being great, creative or intelligent. It is about the ability to connect churches become irrelevant when they can no longer connect with the next generation. And mm. that makes me think about mm. one of the researches we have, at least in Spanish. It is uh, one of the books of Pastor Milton Gay. Um, it is called Legacy Leading a New Generation. And basically in his book, he says the reason that the new generation are not rich or do not remain, it is because we are not connecting because we are forgetting to read the times. And instead of that, we mm. continue doing the same. Yeah. And uh, I, I agree with him. He also says like the way we, we should connect is 
by showing respect, by using support and not control, by encouraging and use the creativity and not giving the answers, by assigning responsibility and not assuming them, by processing mm -hmm. decisions instead of making them, and also by believing in the person and not trying to fix the person. Mm -hmm. I really love that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's, it's a new generation. We don't have to fix them because I, <laughs> I, I, yes, I like to say um, just because my reality is different from yours, it doesn't mean I'm crazy or you are crazy. <laughs> Our realities are just different. My mom, she used to call me, you're so crazy. And I'm like, mom, it's because my reality is different from yours. So <laughs> I think it is the same with the new generation. Um, we cannot try to fix them because they are they are they're good they're okay. Mm -hmm. So it is just to try to understand them and try to following up this generation. Um, that's what that, that's what I think. Yeah, I think even as you're talking about the connecting, Natalie, and um, one of the things that you were talking about, you said was in Milton's book is you said because we're forgetting to read the times and continue doing the same, mm -hmm. yeah. and um, like it immediately brought to my mind we have a a church WhatsApp group, so like lots of people are in it, Ooh. right? People from our church, oh my and every once in a while they will put something in about like. When I was a kid, we read books and nowadays they're all on their cell phones. And you can mm -hmm. tell they're like slamming the generation oh, yeah. that like knows exactly. how to use technology. Yeah. And every time one of those in there, I just cringe because it's like, there are 20 somethings in this chat. And you're basically, you would never say that yeah. to their face, but for some reason you feel like you can put that in the chat. We talk about being relevant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like th those are the kind of things that should not be a part of our vocabulary. Then we should be learning about it, not afraid of it, not judging it. We exactly. should try and figure out why is this such a big deal in your life and let's connect to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So recently our kids who are 16 and 14 years old were elected to really be on the board, you know, and uh, Sydney now is going to be 15 and she'll be on the board. But, you know, we're a, we're a smaller church. And so, I mean, we're involving the youth on the board. Right. And so I added them to that WhatsApp group. And literally within two days, Sydney was like, I'm out. <laughs> and I was like, why? Just because of so many messages? Like, I think we've done better actually in that group at not sending too many messages. And she wouldn't say it, but it's stuff like that. It's yeah. stuff from like a generation above that's just kind of talking about, you know, back in my day or you know what, you know what's terrible about the world today and about our country and about our culture. And she's just like, I don't want to be a part of this group, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't blame her. I was like, all right, well, you're not going to be a part of, of the leadership group or at least the WhatsApp group, you know, but I'll get you the information elsewhere because I couldn't blame her. Mm -hmm. you know? So in that same vein of, of topic, um, I have an example of irrelevant. We had a youth leader in our congregation that was not allowed to lead worship because his hair was too long. <laughs> and <laughs> um, right now, that's the style is longer hair, a little bit crazy, wild. I mean, like... Well, you, and were, you were in Florida. So even like the culture of Florida is very much... It was here. It was here. Oh, it was here. Yeah. 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 So, but his uh, hair wasn't even that long. <laughs> it wasn't. It, it wasn't even touching his ears. Says the bald man. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just interesting that, and on top of that, he's he's in the worship band, and the way that the worship band is set up is they're not technically like 
very much in front of the congregation. They're kind of put behind um, a mm-hmm. veil almost. Yeah. And so you couldn't even really see him. <laughs> so this teenager who loves the Lord and is pursuing a leadership role was not allowed to do so purely based on his appearance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was told, this is why you can't do this. And so I just think that is is not reading the times. But on the flip side of it. Give us hope, Chelsea. Yes, I do have another <laughs> example of, of taking teenagers and reading the generation like you're talking about. When we were in youth ministry, I, we went to a conference that talked about when we truly believe that the Holy Spirit is really the Holy Spirit, we have to believe that when Jill at 10 years old accepts the Lord as her Lord and Savior, that at that moment, at 10 years old, she has received the same Holy Spirit that is in me as a 30-year-old. As a and so, so her leadership capability, when it becomes the Holy Spirit leading and guiding her, is the same leadership capability as me. Now there's maturity and and things that go into that and knowledge, but trusting her to be a good leader is something that we can pour into and believe and connect with. Mm. And so in that same vein, when we're when we're teaching youth lessons, helping them to understand the why of some of the traditions of the church mm-hmm. is so critical. I think specifically we, when we were in Florida, we were in an older congregation. We were bringing a youth group into a congregation that was all retirees. And so we played hymns on Sunday morning. And at first our teens were like, oh, these are so boring, blah, 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 I don't relate. There's these and thousand, I don't know what they mean and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And so when we sat our teens down and explained the lyrics, what is the basis behind this? What is the scripture relevance? What is, why were these hymns created? Why can we find God in this? It made a world of difference because that same Holy Spirit is in them that was in the hymn writer, right? So. So trying to weave this this Holy Spirit through everything helps us to connect, helps us to be relevant, helps us to see the next generation as something of value and not something that's just like waiting on a shelf, Mm -hmm. getting ready to take over. But like, no, this is something we need to invest in right now. One of Dan Ryland's insights is don't confuse relevance with style or culture. What you just Mm -hmm. said was crucial to me. It wasn't just... Oh, relevance means we don't do hymns. Like a lot of people, I think so many churches are like, no, we just aren't going to do this because the culture likes this. Well, actually, like there needs to be depth more than just, oh, we're going to have this new style of worship or style of music because we think that's more relevant. Maybe maybe there is something to that, but you went deeper Mm -hmm. and that caused your teens to also have a deeper relationship with Christ. I'm sure they still don't love hymns, <laughs> but they at least understand them and can appreciate them. Appreciate them. Well, and I think that connects to the third point that he has in his thing is don't answer questions that no one's asking, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I think there's a lot of church services and I think about pastoral sermons even, and I'm a pastor, I'm speaking to myself of things that 
We are not preaching things that people desire to understand. Just recently, we were in one of our small group Bible studies with our own local church, and uh, there were like five new teenage girls that were sitting there, and they were just asking these questions that for me, I had dwelt on many, 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 many years ago, you know, about like, who is God, and how do we know that creation is really creation, and you know, some of these things, and I think a relevant church is constantly understanding the questions that people are asking. So even like in your example of the hymns, those kids were asking, why are we singing hymns still? Like, this is from the 1800s. So you answer those questions. But there's a lot of churches that we're not answering the questions of why are we talking about nuclear war now all of a sudden nowadays? What are we doing with immigration policies? What about the refugees? What about all of the political disrupt? Like that when the church doesn't speak to those topics, and that's what our newspapers speak to, that's what our media outlets speak to, that's what's all over my social social media stuff. Everybody has something to say Mm. about politics Mm. or Mm -hmm. about the world of what's going on, except for the church. Mm. Like, I'm not going to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Because I can get my information somewhere else. And I think a relevant church will constantly be able to put what's going on in our world in the context and hear those questions, hear them and answer them. So don't be talking about things that people just don't care about. Yeah. That's when they're going to get bored. That's when they're going to feel like there's nothing here for me. But if you're addressing the things that they feel like they're struggling with, then they start to become engaged with what God's doing in the world. And even in that in that the spiritual realm of that implication, like talking in a language that is understandable Mm -hmm. to the people you're answering their Mm -hmm. question. Cause so I came into the church late. We were just talking about this, Emily, and we're doing a Bible study together. The simplicity of the language matters. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we use our theology degrees and our, our biblical knowledge of like talking about the sanctification and these huge words, there are people that are just walking in and are like, who's God? Yeah. And they don't want to hear the word Trinity because that's that doesn't make sense. They mm-hmm. need to hear about love and grace and forgiveness and all of those things first. And then we can talk about the eschatology. Um, <laughs> but I think also relevant means that we're breaking that language down as well. Yeah, I agree. Explaining it. I think that's important yeah. because uh, I don't want to lose some of our language. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Ex- anytime you use the $10 word, you know, breaking breaking it down and explaining it uh, is crucial. I think our time is about up, but are there ways that we can create connections then? Ways that you guys have thought, hey, okay, with our community as a church, this is a real tangible way that I've already seen to connect. I have one. Actually, um, I was reading a book. It is one of our resources as well. This one is in English, even in French. So Chelsea, you can read it in French. (laughs) (laughs) So we have this book, Be, Do, Go. And the first one, Be Evangelism, chapter five, it talks about creative evangelism. It, It has a part, it says, Think inside the box. And it it actually makes you think about all the resources you have inside of your church that can help you to connect with Mm. the people. So the church Mm. is going to become a bridge between uh, people from the city and Jesus Christ. Mm. So they were in, it was in Mexico, they were creating this um, project called Experience TV. 
It, this project it was trying to establish a bridge between the church of the Nazarene and the youth of the city. And it was like a night show program with music, fun games, interviews, and thoughts. And it was nothing like religious. But in, in the program, they invited uh, talent bands. They were playing some music. And these bands, they had to perform for free. Mm. But they had to have a good like uh, fence. A lot of fans. Mm. So that's the point. Huh. We want to. We want more people. And in one of those cases, they invited one band, and they had like 100 fans that were screaming, mm -hmm. and they wanted to enter in a desperate way to the church. And of course, for them, it was not just the church. It was just a television studio. But let's imagine this. When was the last time you saw... 100 screaming girls who died for entering to the church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never in my life. I've never, never seen life. that in my life. But the best thing happened when the camera stopped recording and they invited the, the girls to come in and they were sharing some coffee and the girls had the opportunity to, to share with them. And somehow they got excited about the pleasant atmosphere and the fact that they were accepted as they were. And little by little, they were building relationships and they were join, joining other activities. And along the way, they were getting to know Jesus better. Mm -hmm. So some of those girls later on, like with the time and with through this program, they accepted Jesus. Wow. So I think it was the way to connect. And it was different. And it was, I think, something this generation-like. Mm -hmm. So... Think inside the box. The box, exactly. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is good. We need to connect. There's so many good things here. We haven't touched on all of the insights uh, that the author talked about, but if they want to visit that article or read that article and also talk to us a little bit more about what's happening in their congregations, we'd love more examples of relevance, right? We have, I think a lot of us go to the examples of how we cringe. Yeah. We're just like, oh, that's not how it should be. But send us some examples of how things are going well and churches are connecting with their community. Emily, where can they do that? Find us online at www.mesoamericagenesis.org. And you will actually see on there if you want to sign up for the newsletter. Every time that we publish a new blog post like this, it can come straight to your email inbox if you do that. But if you just want to find this article, look for the blog that's called Create. Um, and you'll find a whole lot of resources there. You can also connect with us if you just want to send us your stories on the Facebook page, which is The Worthless Servants Podcast. Awesome. We are the Worthless Servants, and I am Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Natalie Franco. And I'm Chelsea Fry. We'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.